This is the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast with Charlie Bagley. a lot of upheaval going on right now in the NFL. So this week with free agency starting, we're going to have a two-parter, part one today on Monday, March 15th, to break down last week's news, salary cap news, contract extensions, uh, franchise tags, and then on Friday we're going to come back again and just break down the overall signings of the entire week. So let's start it off with last week we got the news about the salary cap. Officially, we're sitting at $182.5 million. For the 2021 cap, it's a, it's a it's a decrease of about 18 million from from last from last year due to the the COVID-19 cap hit, but that didn't stop a lot of teams from handing out franchise tags. We got uh, 10 last week. So first off, we have uh, three players who were franchise tagged for the second year in a row. We have Giants defensive lineman Leonard, Leonard Williams at 19.3 million. Uh, we have Washington guard Brandon Sheriff at 18 million. And Broncos safety Justin Simmons was tagged for the second time in a row at $13.7 million. Uh, all great, great tags. I think all the teams are working on long-term extensions after the franchise tag. So three great, three great players get some guaranteed money next year, and then hopefully get, get followed up with a long-term extension after that. Other than those three who were franchise tagged back-to-back, we have Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson was tagged at $18 million. It's very unfortunate. Allen Robinson was set to be the the top wide receiver in free agency this year, and and the Bears hit him with that franchise tag. But Robinson is not expected to sign the tag, unfortunately, for the Bears. So he that, that's a, that's a situation to watch. Could be a tag and trade coming. Maybe uh, they rescind the tag. He hits the market. We'll see what happens with that. But Bears tagged Allen Robinson. The Buccaneers franchise tag receiver Chris Godwin. That ended up around $16 million. They keep a core piece of their Super Bowl roster and one of Brady's favorite weapons. Uh, I was hoping for Godwin to hit the market. He's a great receiver. The Jaguars tagged for, uh, franchise tag tackle Cam Robinson at $13.7 million. Obviously, the, the Jaguars are in no position to, to let good offensive linemen walk right now. They need to, to keep everything they got in-house, every piece of good talent for you know Trevor Lawrence coming in next month. Panthers franchise tagged uh, tackled Taylor Morton at the same price, $13.7 million. Uh, I hadn't heard too much of Morton before free agency, but apparently he's a great tackle. He's really consistent, never missed a game, and the Panthers lock up their right tackle spot. Hopefully they get a long-term extension done with him. Next up, uh, the Jets officially franchise tagged safety Marcus May at $10.6 million. This was a, a good move for the Jets. Um, May's career has been really interesting. I talked about this a little bit in the last episode. Uh, his rookie year, he was he was solid. His second year, he missed most of the season with injury. And years three and four were both pretty solid. Year four being his his best year yet. And I think it's smart for the Jets to tag him because he's a little bit older than than most uh, most players coming off their rookie deal. And I I just think uh, Marcus needs to show one more year of consistency before the Jets hand in that long term extension. And then the last franchise tag was actually a little surprising. It's, it's Saints safety Marcus Williams at the same price as May, $10.6 million. With all the salary cap issues the Saints have, it was a kind of a shock that they, they were able to hand out the franchise tag. But as I'll explain later, they've been able to maneuver the cap a little bit and, and cut some players to, to clear up some more space for them to make some moves. The post-franchise tags, i said the, the biggest news we got out of, out of the NFL uh, was the Dak Prescott contract extension. 
Dak signed a four-year, $160 million deal last week, uh, which is pretty incredible. Dak uh, utilized his leverage and was able to get the most amount of money from the Cowboys he could. Uh, it, it includes uh, a, a no-trade clause and no-franchise-tag clause, so now he cannot be franchise-tagged after this deal is up. He will hit the market in four years. I, I know he was really looking for that four-year contract because it gives him a bit more leverage. It lets him hit the market sooner and, and maybe even rework the deal earlier because, uh, as we know, the cap's down this year, but in the next few years it's going to skyrocket again with all these brand-new TV contracts and deals. So the Cowboys lock up their quarterback, Dak Prescott. I think this was really important for them. There was no other quarterbacks out on the market as good as Dak. And also, we saw how awful that offense was last year without him, you know, helmed by Andy Dalton. Um, so the Cowboys hang on to Dak, and the top quarterback on the free agent market is gone. Now, along with a lot of uh, signings and stuff like that, like I said before, the, the salary cap went down about $18 million. So a lot of teams had to cut a lot of uh, decent players on, on tough contracts because of, of how, how the, the salary cap's working this year. So I'm just going to go through a lot of these cuts. Some of these names you might recognize, some you might not, but uh, regardless, all still uh, notable uh, cuts. The Giants cut offensive guard Kevin Zeitler, who is easily one of the, one of the top uh, 10 or 8 guards in the league. Um, Zeitler was due $10 million this year, and I, I guess the Giants thought they could find value better. Zeitler actually signed with the team this morning, but I'll get there eventually. We're just going to be going through the cuts right now. So the Titans, uh, Tennessee Titans cut safety Kenny Vaccaro and cornerback Malcolm Butler to save 16.9 mil total against the cap. The Titans are trying to clear up some money, hopefully bring in some guys and, and keep some key free agents on the roster. The Bills cut wide receiver John Brown and defensive lineman Quentin Jefferson to save 14.5 mil. John Brown, uh, I think he'll have a market going into free agency. He's a, a good veteran veteran receiver. He's been around the league. He knows offenses, and he's he's a just a, a speedy deep threat, and you, you, can, you can never have too much of those in the NFL, so I'm sure he'll have a market. Quentin Jefferson, I'm sure he'll stick on somewhere as a rotational defensive lineman. So the Saints, like I was talking about earlier, are about $60 million over the cap going into 2021, and they made some moves last week to clear up some of that cap space. They, they reworked some contracts, and they, they cut linebacker Quan Alexander for $13 million. Uh, wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders, they cut him for $10 million. Janoris Jenkins cut him for $7 million. And defensive tackle Malcolm Brown, $5 million to save $33 million against the cap in total. And they still have a lot of work to do because they're still over the cap, as I said earlier. The Raiders cut safety LaMarcus Joyner to save almost $10 million against the cap. LaMarcus Joyner was a big freighting signing for the Raiders in John Gruden and Mike Mayock's first offseason together, but he was, he's been kind of a non-factor since then, missing a lot of time due to injury. But um, I'm sure he'll stick on somewhere else, just not at that same price he got with that first contract with the Raiders. The Seahawks cut defensive end Carlos Dunlap to save $14 million against the cap. Carlos Dunlap's a, a good player. They, they traded for him mid-season from the Bengals, and he'll have a market somewhere. There, you can never have enough edge rushers on your team. The Vikings cut their veteran offensive tackle Riley Reef to save about $11 million in cap space. The Vikings are one of those teams who are a little bit over the cap right now, so they have a few more moves they, they got to make in order to get in a level playing field with the rest of the league. This one, this one was a bit of a shocker, but not after some more information came out. The Washington football team cut Alex Smith to save $15 million against the cap. He'll be a free agent. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Alex Smith. I, I believe he said he wants to keep playing. 
if that's going to be as a backup or a starter elsewhere. I know people have been saying Chicago could be a landing spot. Him and Matt Nagy know each other from their time in Kansas City, but I don't know. I think the Bears might be looking to get a little bit younger at quarterback. Alex Smith might have to be looking for a backup job elsewhere in 2021. The Chiefs made some interesting moves. They, they, they cut both of their starting tackles, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, to save about $18 million in cap space. Eric Fisher is a former number one overall pick, and he's been pretty consistent throughout his career. Never been anything special, but he's just been a solid solid starter on the on the offensive line for the Chiefs. It's I think he'll probably come back at a cheaper contract. I don't know if he's going to have a, a crazy market anywhere else, but I don't know why he he would even want to leave the Chiefs. I know he's got cut, but I can see him taking a little bit less to come back and re-up with Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense. The Chargers made some moves and cut cornerback Casey Hayward to save $9.75 million and offensive guard Trey Turner to save $11.5 million. In total, these, these two moves saved $21.25 million against the cap. Casey Hayward is not really a scheme fit for new head coach Brandon Staley's defense he's planning on installing, and Trey Turner, who has been a, a, a good guard in this league, has declined over the years, and he just, just was not worth that $11.5 million cap hit. So I'm, I'm sure he'll sign as a backup somewhere, maybe. We'll see about that. The Lions cut tight end Jesse James to save $6 million against the cap. James signed a, a four-year, $24 million contract in the 2019 offseason that he never really lived up to. TJ, TJ Hawkinson outperformed him even in his rookie year, and it was just uh, kind of made sense for the Lions to make this cut. A player to keep an eye on going into 2021 is tight end Zach Ertz of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's due $8.25 million in 2021, and the Eagles are a bit over the cap right now. He's, he's, he's likely to be cut, but it's, it's, uh, it's been reported that the Eagles are looking to trade him before they cut him, so maybe they can get some late-round picks in, in exchange for him. I don't know. I don't know if any team's going to be willing to give up assets when, when uh, it's most likely that he'll just be hitting the market. The Bucks are putting in work to uh, keep around their, their Super Bowl core, and they handed out a two-year, $25 million extension to linebacker Levante David. He's the, the captain of their defense, and I don't know uh, if, the, if the defense would have played as good as they did in the playoffs without him. So they kept another really important piece of their, their roster around, and it looks like they'll be running it back in 2021. In a bit of a shocking move, the Patriots re-signed quarterback Cam Newton to a one-year, $14 million deal. It's effectively a one-year, $5 million guaranteed deal, but there's a lot of incentives like uh, statistics and playoff appearances and whatnot to make it up to $14 million. But it's it, interesting for the Patriots because last year it was really rough on offense and defense for them. Uh, they, just, they don't have a lot of weapons. Offensive line was banged up, and they were playing well going into when the season started, but Cam got COVID, and then after that the season just kind of went downhill. So it looks like the Patriots are really trying to – to get something going there, and I, I, it looks like they believe in Cam. And um, if Bill Belichick didn't believe in Cam, he wouldn't have brought him back. So that's got to say something from the greatest head coach of all time. The Patriots made a few more moves. They traded their 2022 fifth and and uh, and a 2022 seventh to to Las Vegas for right tackle Trent Brown. Trent Brown was a Patriot for for the beginning of his career, and and after his rookie contract was up, he he went to the Raiders and signed a massive contract with them. I guess in order to shed some cap space, the Raiders were looking to flip him, and the Patriots came back and got their guy. The Patriots then traded their own right tackle currently, Marcus Cannon, to the Texans for some pick swaps. I believe it's the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds. So the Patriots are really just retooling and, and recharging over here in the AFC East. They're probably going to be a little scary going into 2021. The Texans traded Pro Bowl inside linebacker Ben Benardrick McKinney 
and a seventh rounder to the Dolphins for outside linebacker Shaq Lawson and a sixth rounder. Texans and Dolphins just swapping linebackers here. Uh, pretty similar players. They're playing different positions, but just uh, forces in the run game, and we'll see what impact they have this year. The Buffalo Bills re-signed linebacker Matt Milano to a four-year, $44 million deal, $24 million guaranteed. Milano's uh, a key piece to that Buffalo defense. He's a leader in the locker room. He's been around for, I, I want to say, almost a decade now. And the Bills, once again, trying to keep that core together, making another run in the playoffs next year. Another major player signing that uh, a top-tier running back didn't hit the open market, but the Packers, before free agency started, re-signed running back Aaron Jones to a four-year, $48 million deal. They converted the guaranteed money to a signing bonus to help with the cap hit, $13 million, and that'll, uh, that'll bring back another weapon for Aaron Rodgers to utilize as they try and run it back once again. The 49ers re-signed fullback Kyle Fuschek to a, to a five-year, $27 million deal. Fuschek is a very important piece to that San Francisco offense. Um, he, he's very important in the run game and the pass game. They use him all over the field, and it's really important they wanted to get him back. Without him, they probably would have had to look for another fullback, and there's not a lot of fullbacks out there like Kyle Fuschek, so they, they keep their guy, keep the homegrown talent in San Francisco. You're listening to The Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Badwini. As I mentioned earlier, with the cap going down in 2021, a lot of teams have had to do a little bit of gymnastics to kind of get underneath that that maximum. So they've been restructuring contracts with their with their big players to, to create some cap by turning roster bonuses, which a roster bonus, if you don't know, is is a, in a, con, a player's contract that if the player is on the team but at a certain point, they get a roster bonus. And roster bonus counts against the cap, but what teams have been able to do is convert roster bonuses into signing bonuses, which means the money is given up front when the player signs the contract. And the, the signing bonus doesn't, doesn't affect the cap because it's just given up front as soon as the player signs the contract. So the Chiefs created $17 million in cap by, by, uh, by turning a $21 million roster bonus into a signing bonus. And that gave them a little bit, bit more breathing room going into free agency. The Bears did the same thing with uh, safety Eddie Jackson and Khalil Mack and offensive lineman Cody Whitehair to create $23 million in cap. The Saints had to do this with Michael Thomas and Cam Jordan. And the Packers with Adrian Amos and Preston Smith. Don't be shocked if this keeps happening. Uh, I'm sure a lot of teams are going to have to keep doing this in order to stay under the cap, with, especially with free agency signings. If they sign a big player, they might have to do it on the fly real quick. One last piece of news before we get into the, the, the new free agent signings is Drew Brees officially retired uh, on Sunday, March 14th, exactly 15 years to the day where he first signed with the New Orleans Saints. Um, congratulations to Drew Brees on a great career, and I'm sure in five years we'll be talking about uh, how great he was as he gets his bust in Canton. Free agents, agents, and general managers were all busy the second the clock struck noon on March 15th. That was the beginning of the legal tampering period. So no, no contracts can be officially signed until until Wednesday, March 17th at 4 p.m. But starting at noon on the 15th, teams are now able to get in contact with players' agents and come to agreements on contracts. So all the stuff in Battle List Off, it's all been agreed to in principle, but nothing will be official until the clock strikes 4 o'clock on Wednesday. 
So kicking off on Monday morning, we had uh, offensive guard Kevin Zeitler signing with the Ravens on a three-year, $22 million deal with $16 million guaranteed. The Ravens had some offensive line injuries last year that, that struggled down, made them struggle down the stretch. So they're, they're getting some. I, I would, I want to say Zeitler will start for the Ravens. He, he's a, a great guard, and he got the money that he earned. So the Patriots came out swinging this morning as well. They've already made a few moves, but the first move they made was signing tight end Jonu Smith to a four-year, $50 million contract with $31 million guaranteed. John Smith becomes the third highest tight end, paid third highest paid tight end in the league, and I think he'll be a great fit for the Patriots. They've been looking for a, a premier tight end ever since Rob Gronkowski retired, so should, that should be a good move for them. Outside linebacker Marcus Golden stays in Arizona on a two-year, nine million dollar deal. It's where he was drafted before he left for the Giants and then traded back last year, so he's re-upping with his former team. Outside linebacker Shaq Barrett is staying in Tampa Bay on a four-year, $72 deal with $36 million guaranteed. Good move for Tampa Bay once again, just trying to keep that Super Bowl core intact. They've still got a few key free agents, right, like uh, Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. But uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure some guys are willing to take less money to come back and try and win another ring with Tom Brady. Defensive end Romeo Okwara re-signed with the Detroit Lions on a three-year, $39 million deal. Aquara was someone I was looking for, potential target for the Jets, but he's going to stick around in Detroit, and he had a career year, so he's following that up with a big payday, well-deserved. Former Jets guard Pat Elfline signs with the Panthers on a three-year, $13.5 million deal, $6 million guaranteed. Um, I, I had the Jets re-signing Elfline as, as a guard insurance, maybe not to start, but at least as a backup. He gets fringe starter money in Carolina, and I'm I'm not too too upset about this one. I I would not have paid him at that price tag. The Panthers did. The Patriots then signed at nose tackle Davon Godshaw. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. On a two-year deal worth up to 16 million, with nine million guaranteed. Uh, I'm not 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 sure about too much of Godshaw. He, he he played for the Dolphins last year, so I'm sure he knows the Patriots' defensive system coming from that that Brian Flores uh, bloodline. So the Patriots using utilizing their cap space definitely. I think I think they had had the third most in the league going into going into March. The Panthers are are signing veteran offensive tackle Cam Irving to a two-year deal worth ten million and eight million guaranteed. Panthers really shoring up that O line for the next quarterback, whoever that may be next year. Cam Irving was a, a swing tackle for the the Cowboys last year, and he had some some nice playing time after the injuries to, to uh, Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins. So. The Texans are, are signing wide receiver and kick returner Andre Roberts to a two-year deal worth $6 million. He's been a Pro Bowler the last three years, and he's easily one of the best kick returners in the league right now. He played for the Bills the last two years and the Jets the year before that. Uh, still upset with Mike, with, uh, Mike McCagnan for not bringing back Roberts when he did. He was. It's, it's always important to have a, a solid kick returner on your team. The 49ers are expected to re-sign cornerback Jason Verrett on a one-year deal worth $6.5 million, $5.5 million guaranteed. It was reported by Ian Rappaport of NFL Network that uh, Verrett had a multi-year deal on the table but declined that for the one year in San Francisco. He's betting on himself and hoping to cash in in 2022 as he expects to increase his level of play in 2021. Another big splash by the New England Patriots. They signed outside linebacker Matt Judon to a four-year, $56 million deal with $32 million guaranteed in the first two years. Judon uh, was someone I thought the Jets were going to pursue, but it turns out he's not a scheme fit. Uh, Robert Sala wants to run a 4-3 defense. The Patriots run a 3-4. 
Uh, Judon's not really the get after the quarterback kind of guy. He's more of that I'm gonna bust through the line and blow up whatever play you're calling. Uh, Judon's a good player and he really earned that money. Patriots once again make another splash, signing defensive back Jalen Mills to a four-year, $24 million deal with $9 million guaranteed. Mills is a, a safety cornerback, uh, a, a hybrid cornerback safety. He can really play any position in that defensive backfield, and I'm sure Bill Belichick is going to know exactly how to utilize him. And then the Jaguars signed defensive tackle Roy Robinson to a three-year, $24.4 million deal with $14 million guaranteed. Robinson was an undrafted free agent, went to the Bears. He had a, a, a pretty productive first few years, and he's finally cashing in, getting that big contract, and the Jaguars used the first of their money to get their heads into free agency. Now, as of right now, the Jets have not made any moves. They, uh, According to reports, they are really focused on the offensive line right now. They're, they're zeroing, in, uh, zeroing in on Joe Thune offensive guard from the Patriots and center Corey Lindsley from the Packers. These two guys are, are very high on Joe Douglas's list and it, it's looking like that's going to be their main targets before they, they go looking anywhere else in the free agent market. Other than that, some other names the Jets have been linked to so far this free agency has been wide receiver Kendrick Bourne from the 49ers and defensive back Kwan Williams. Bourne is a, a scheme fit for Michael Floor's offense. He plans on running and Kwan Williams is no solid well. He's from the 49ers, and he would step in as our starting slot cornerback if we do not bring back Brian Poole. One other name that popped up this morning that I'm really interested in is uh, Trey Hendrickson, defensive end from the Saints. He had 12.5 sacks last year and was absolutely fantastic. The only concern I have is if he's maybe possibly a one-hit wonder. He didn't have any other year like this last year or, or any years before that besides last year. And... I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but as of right now, the Jets have not made any moves, and I don't think they will until we have an answer on where Thune and Lindsley are going to sign. That's going to be their top two priorities, and that's what we're sitting at right now as of 3.31 p.m. on March 15th. Now, as the week goes on, I'll be keeping track of all the signings and all the other moves, and we'll come back on Friday with a full list of all free agent signings, and, any, and we'll break down any other moves the Jets have made so far in free agency. Make sure you keep those tweet notifications on for Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, and I'll talk to you guys on Friday. You've been listening to The Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Badwee.